I'm John. And I'm David. And you're listening to the Autocorrect Podcast. So this episode, we're going to be talking about dust collection for woodworking. You and I both do a lot of woodworking. Yeah. We... uh We've both been doing it for a long time, too. Yeah. So we're, we're no strangers to this. Do a lot of stuff, a lot of turning. It's a lot of lathe work, a lot of router work, you know, that. So we, we have a lot of dust. Yeah, overall dust just sucks. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of chips, a lot of fine yeah. dust. So we both have dust collection right now. I just have a normal uh, filter bag system because I haven't up- upgraded my system yet. And I have a jet air filtration system hanging as of right now. That'll be upgraded at some point, but I've been doing a lot of changes to my shop. Yeah, so yeah, we've been working on setting up your or not uh, of resetting your shop. Well, setting it up because a lot of the things moved uh, and came back to this house. So yeah, and uh, in my shop, I've got uh, the same jet air filtration system, and I've got a uh, bag style dust collector that's dedicated specifically to my table saw. It's it's wired up so it uh, automatically turns on with my table saw, and that's not used for anything else. And then I've got a uh, jet cyclone, which is um, what all my dust collection plumbing is hooked up to. So that goes out to my planer and my lathe and my uh, my belt sander and all that stuff. So we're going to talk about that first. So we're going to talk about a lot of things today. We're going to talk about your operating voltages. So for the U.S., it's 110 and 220. We're going to talk about And some power. of the, the really large systems run on 440, but that that's really industrial systems. So... We're going to talk about volt your operating voltage today. We're going to talk about different horsepower ratings. We're going to talk about different brands and what we many different brands do different things better than others. Intentionally, yeah. we're going to talk about the noise level of the system in ease of use. But we're going to start out with how these systems work. Yeah. So there are. Two, I would say two main systems, and there are others which we'll talk about in a minute. And there's also, the, believe it or not, there's a lot of emerging technology too, which we'll which we'll talk about That's, also yeah, later we, on. There, there are a few others, but the two main that have been, you know, the main players in the game for a long time are the bag filter, the bag filter, which is essentially two it, filters that inflate and two bags that inflate that have a filter. One catches and one kind of filters anything else one catches chunks and the other one filters yes yeah. and it'll falls in the lower one yep they're not all dual filter some of them only have one filter bag and then the bottom bag is, is right. just a plastic bag which is how my uh, my dust collector is set up which is hooked up to my table saw right usually either you have the top one is or both it depends on how your system is set up yeah now the other system that is very popular now which usually it ends up costing more for you know comparable setups but it does it does a different job honestly so cyclones so cyclonic yeah. filtration well it, it, they don't necessarily do the same job though because well, uh, it just you, in general as dust yeah. collection well with the cyclone you uh, you have no flow restriction on purpose so you can it, it works well for lathe chips whereas in a, a bag style dust collector there's a built-in flow restrictor to protect the impeller because uh 
one of the key differences is that in a cyclone, the dust never physically passes through the impeller. But in a bag-style dust collector, the, the dust and debris does actually physically contact the impeller. So you can't have any large chunks, otherwise they'll just destroy your impeller. So in a bag, in a bag system, what essentially happens is you have, an, you have a hose or a pipe or whatever that's an inlet. It usually goes directly into your impeller, and then from there, internally in the machine, however it, they have it, it goes to the bag and the filter bag, which is usually one low and one high. So for anybody who doesn't know, the impeller is what's connected to the, the motor, and that's what actually induces the vacuum. Right. So the cyclone is a little different. Technically, it's more complicated just because it has more parts, but really, there's not nothing is cra- crazy. Uh, it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's just a couple extra functions, essentially. So a cyclonic fil- dust collector essentially has an in, and the suction brings your chips into the cyclone cone. Yeah, so basically the, the cone is, is – so there's obviously a motor and an impeller. That's what induces the vacuum. But uh, the motor or the impeller is shielded from the, uh, from the actual uh, cylinder of the cyclone. So it, it basically induces a negative pressure inside the entire cyclone. And what that does is that, that spins the, uh, the incoming dust and debris, which causes the, the larger chunks to fall down and the smaller fine particles to go out towards the filter. So you have greater filter efficiency. You're not clogging up your filter with these large chunks. Right, and it's, it's more efficient, definitely. And also, you, you have the added benefit of being able to suck up things like lathe chips because you're, you're not going... Flow. There's a lot more flow, and... You don't have to worry about uh, any larger chunks coming in contact with the impeller because it's physically impossible. Right. They're two very different systems. They do the same dust collection. Cyc- cyclones work better. Yeah. They're more expensive. Uh, not much not, more expensive. Not much. They used to be much more. Now they're n- not much more expensive, but say if you have a higher end of each, the cyclones yeah. can be more expensive. Well, back about four or five years ago when I was buying my cyclone i i was in the market for a larger dust collection system that i could plumb my entire shop up to and i was between the two horsepower jet cyclone which is what i ended up buying and i believe a three or a four horsepower bag style dust collector which is much larger it has uh two collection bags and two filtration bags so they they move comparable amounts of air but uh the bag style dust collector was much cheaper but uh, I it's wouldn't. Also larger. It, it's has a larger footprint. It has greater capacity, but um, I wouldn't have been able to suck up the lathe chips because the, I, I still have that flow restrictor to prevent damaging the impeller. So, not only that, the cyclone is also much quieter. Now, noise is not as big of a concern for me as it is for you, right? But obviously. I don't want a loud machine. I, I want a quieter machine. So, and there's a lot of things. So I have to, I'm, I'm, my degree is audio engineering. I'm, prote- I need to protect my hearing. At the same time, just protecting your hearing is not, a lot of people, the noise level and wanting to keep it down is more of where their shop is. Yeah. A lot of people have their shop in their garage, like yours is in. Mine's in my basement. Lower, ba- yeah. Right. The basement garage, essentially. 
Mine is in the the barn, the timber frame barn. Yeah. The horse barn. So I don't honestly care if if I obviously disregarding protecting my hearing and everything. The noise of a machine ambient isn't going to disturb anybody else. Yeah. So that's I mean it's nice obviously my neighbors don't have to hear it. But if it was a louder machine, it really wouldn't be an issue. Now, I would prefer a as quiet of a machine as possible because if it's quiet enough, I don't have to constantly wear ear protection. Yeah. And I won't be at risk for hearing loss. Yeah. And a lot of the machines that, you know, my shop is kind of spread out and I need quite a bit of flow. Yeah. Be able right now I have my dust collection hooked directly up to the saw stop, which we'll talk about saw stops and saws in another uh probably yeah, next we, month. We we're both proud owners of uh, saw stop yeah. table saws. So it, we'll, it, it, we really highly recommend them, but that that's a topic for another day. We're gonna be talking about saw stop and saw options on uh the second week of October. That's gonna be our topic for then. So my dust collection, I have a small delta. Yeah, yours is yeah. I have a small delta bag style, and it's just hooked directly up to the saw stop right now. Now the saw stop's downstairs. I haven't gotten anything that I can lift it upstairs yet. That that's a project for another day. Right. Uh. So, for now, it doesn't really have m- enough flow to do anything more than that. And you have to consider the size of your shop. So even if you don't have a lot of machines, if you have long type. It's yeah, that, that's the other thing flow. is is my shop is much smaller than yours. It's probably a third of the size of your shop. Right. So mine's on the second story of what is it? It's a timber frame barn, which is set up like a normal horse barn. Yeah. So I, my shop's just in the upstairs because the horses aren't in the barn anymore. We don't we don't have horses here, so it's not like you. Uh, it's not like we're limited on that space anymore. But sh- anyway, so my shop's on the second floor, so I'm just more spread out. But my problem being when you have a larger shop, even if you only have a few things you need dust collection to, you have to have more flow. Yeah. Or you have to have uh, more CFM, cubic feet per minute. You have to have either flow or or just more suction, which generally come hand in hand Yep. in almost every case. So – if if they're not, you're doing something wrong. Well, it's po- it's <laughs> yeah. possible. But it, it's possible, but it'd be very inefficient. Possible, if they're different, it usually means that your system's broken. Yeah, <laughs> more or less. I mean, or you're, you're spurting something out somewhere. But yeah. If you have a larger shop, you need more flow. Yeah. The it, it and the more outlets you have on your dust collection, the more flow you need, because the more times you split it, the more times the power is divided. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people use bl- what's called a blast gate is essentially it looks like a pipe but it has this look this tab it what looks like a flat piece come off the side of it and there's a door that you can close which s- blocks off that yeah, it's a hard disconnect is what it is essentially without actually disconnecting yeah. it's just like a block yeah it just blocks the pipe so that you're not just wasting the suction the, the power on a tool that they may not even be using or just you know a floor sweep anything like that that just isn't being used you would want to close that to increase your efficiency so for me i have one two for me i have three to four 
machine. Well, I have, I have four machines plus four tools plus the saw stop. Saw stop requires quite a bit of flow, yeah. but any table saw does. I have four tools plus the saw stop that need a decent dust collection. So I have the table saw. Miter stations notoriously, or miter saws in general, notoriously have awful yeah, dust well. collection. So when you build a miter station, which I'm going to, it it helps to you know design in better dust collection than just the little hood that's usually little tiny nozzle that's usually on most miters. So between the saw stop, miter station, the the drum sander, and the joiner which i have next to each other which will share a line with blast gates yeah and my lathe which i don't even know if i'm gonna put dust collection on i might not at this point but i have a lot of places that my dust collection has to split off yeah so with now the, I, the interesting thing is i have a smaller shop so i can get away with a smaller dust collector but i actually have more tools which are hooked up to it i've got my lathe my bandsaw Jointer, planer, uh, router table, drill press, and drum sander. My drill press is downstairs because I use it for metal and wood. So Yeah, I, I do only woodworking. So. Right, so I'm not putting dust collection on that, but I do still have to get a bandsaw, and I do still have to get a floor standing planer. I just yeah. use a smaller one, a, a but, uh, work worktop. Long. But I've got much smaller dust collection runs, and very few of my shop because my shop is so small. I have a lot of portable tools, so my a lot of things are on mobile bases. So I can get away with using a soft line for a lot of things versus having a hard line plumbed into them, which which really helps with uh, with flow because I, I don't have all of these separate runs. So that's not to say that I don't have things that aren't aren't hard lined. So one of the things when you're designing and planning out your dust collection, it's not just the dust collector you get. The way you plumb your pipes, whether you use metal ducting, whether you use PVC ducting. I don't want to talk about that. Well, you didn't use the right stuff. <laughs> yeah. that's, well, that, that's Well, that's because that's what I had on hand. Right. You use the stuff you have to spool by hand, which is yeah. ridiculous. But it didn't cost me anything because I had it. But it also didn't work didn't work well it barely worked so it didn't we well, just we, we, we got that with PVC. Yeah. we do still have to wrap it with a little ground sh ground yeah. wire so that it alleviates static but i don't think i don't think you're really gonna have static no issues. i don't have a huge issue with static but it, it, it's one of those things that you don't want to wait until you have an issue with static right i mean i don't think you don't you're not using it every day for a long period of time all year round so you're not going to have an issue with static. It, it has to be continuous, like, flow, repeated high flow yeah. to have an issue with the way we did yours. But mine, just because of the way mine's going to have to run, I'm probably going to use – I'm going to use metal ducting. Yep. I'm going to use things that are specifically for – You're going to use the actual dust collection ducting, not the stupid not, not HVAC ducting I used. Well, you use the stuff that – Well, it's HVAC ducting right. is what it is. I'm not going to use the stuff that – clamps together i am still going to have hard mounted uh ducting but i do have much more restriction or I, I, mine's not going to be as lenient as yours because yeah. my ceiling is at nine no my upstairs ceiling is at 10 feet where my rafters are so i think mine's at seven foot six 
Right. And so if I have my dust collector on the second floor, which I'm probably going to at this point, yeah. the I still have to go 10 feet up. Then I have to go anywhere between 5 to 20 feet down the center and then have my branches off. So it, it takes a lot more. And the other thing that I might do is just have an overpowered dust collector and have not a very well-optimized system. But that's just because <laughs> that's, that's one way so to do it. Yeah. There's only so much you can optimize yeah. something. So that that is a legitimate way to do it though. Right. So between I don't have to worry about disturbing people, but I my personal requirement is to be quiet. Yeah. I have to have a cyclone or, or similar technology that has that works better than the bagger because it doesn't put as much dust back in the air so my air filtration system doesn't have to work as hard. That is important to me. So when I when I'm looking at this, this is a lot. Of, this is a situation that most people are in when they're doing it in the same. When they're in the same boat, this is what you're looking at: is your flow and the style of collector. And here's the next thing. What you're looking at is also the size and shape. Yeah, the form I'm, factor. I'm not limited in my. I'm lucky enough to not be limited in my size of my dust collector because even on the second floor i've got 10 foot ceilings yeah and so a lot of people do have a very tight if you're working in a garage or what have you yeah the 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 two horsepower jet was the biggest that was with the biggest cyclone i could get the the three horsepower physically would not fit in my shop i would have had to have punched a hole in my door right it actually would have fit in my ceiling but my door to get in is too low Right, so this is this is a thing. It's a lot of people are very limited. So you might want to run a certain system, and you can't because it's not small enough. This is the next thing we're going to talk about here. Well, actually, I take that back. Now that I'm thinking about it, it would have just fit, and the motor would have gotten no flow at all. So I, even right. if I found a way to get it in, I wouldn't have been able to use it. So having a system that fits, the noise level, yeah, the cyclone bagger and other systems how how it operates those are some of your biggest things your next thing is if you can have 110 or 220 so for me the way ours because ours is essentially electrically it's an it's a exterior it's a external structure from our house so it has a 200 amp service i think from the house to the barn so I want as many of my tools as possible to be 220 because they'll pull a lower current. Yeah. So the higher voltage the machine, the lower the current is, the lower the amperage. So 220. And I'm fortunate. I have a home shop, and I'm fortunate to have 220 in it. I, I use 110 and 220. Now, something interesting is coming very soon in my shop. I, I bought a new lathe that's actually three-phase. So I will have three-phase service out in my shop. The right, lathe it's has three-phase 110. Yeah, well, so the lathe has a VFD built in, but I'm contemplating removing the VFD off the lathe and in, in installing three-phase service into my shop to open the door for more possibilities. Right, and so when but we that get, probably won't happen right away. When we get more into some of our woodworking segments, the tooling and phase and everything, we will discuss more. But in terms of dust collection, not everybody – in terms of any tool, not everybody can even run 220 in their house. You know, it depends. Yeah. So 110 is your standard in yep. the U.S. But you have to have a service that 
you have to have enough amperage to go around, obviously. So 110 is what a lot of people have to run off of. Yeah. And most systems have a 110 version. Usually they're, they're the smaller version, but it is still a 110 option. Right. And when you get into the larger options, generally it's 220 because uh, unless... Otherwise you'd have this massive amp draw. It, it this massive ridiculous. Otherwise you'd have this massive current draw. I mean, you can't... You, you Realistically, you can't be operating a 30 amp dust collector. You wouldn't be able to run anything else in the shop. Well, you could if you had the service, but, but if, it, not if many if people you, could use it. Yeah, well, if you had the service, then you'd have 220. <laughs> right. So you have to know your building, wherever yeah. you have your shop. You have to know what you can get, what you can have added. Some A lot of times people you can have an electrician come in and add uh, a two, twi- two different 220 services or whatever to wherever your shop is. Now – it depends. Some buildings you can like you know historic buildings that kind of thing. It depends yeah. on what you're in. If you don't own the building, you probably can't cut up the walls, so you wouldn't be able to do that unless obviously the landlord or whoever you're renting the space from okay's it. Yeah. But a lot of people are restricted to whatever power is available there as it sits. So you have to. Now we should also say that for those of you who don't know, um, a lot of household appliances run on two twenty two, or on two twenty two. 220. Two, as well, yeah, and, and 220 as well, but um, they use a different style of plug, so it's not like you could unplug your washing machine and plug your lathe into it. So, or your dryer, actually, dryers are normally what's 220 because they have uh, the heating elements which draw a lot of current. So, most uh, most household appliances are going to use a locking uh, four prong, yeah. No, it's it, it's four, or, it's four or three prong, four or three, but it's usually a, a locking prong so it goes in and twists what most woodworking tools that are 220 use is a a three prong but it looks more like an oversized 110 plug than some other kind of plug so it looks almost like a regular 110 plug that's squinting at you that's and oversized yeah because the the two the two uh upper slats are uh horizontal as opposed to vertical right and now if you have like a three, a three prong receptacle that's a round receptacle. You can always cut the end off if you really want to, or get a different cord if you just need a different hookup. As long as it's the right power, yeah. As long as it's the right current. Well, so voltage. usually, usually those like for a dryer, usually that's a forty or fifty amp plug, and normally mo- most woodworking equipment operates off of twenty or thirty amps. Right. I'm saying if you have it in your like garage or something, a lot of people do just. Provision 220 in their garage. Yeah. It's a common building. Yeah. It's a thing that it's a common practice. But it's usually a higher amperage 220. You can change your breaker. Yeah. Well, it. yes, you can change your breaker, but that that's not something the average homeowner will be doing. They'd have to bring in an electrician for that. Right. But if you can't change what you have in yeah. terms well, of Yeah. Well, I'm just wiring. saying what, what we have for plug-and-play options. Right. So your, your voltage, your horsepower, how the system works – these are in the noise level. These are all your main. And another thing that is uh, a new rela- realization for me, at le- well, it's not a new realization. It's a new challenge for me. And uh, I don't want to get too personal on this, but uh, uh, I found out some interesting things about myself this morning. And now I actually need to take a new look at my dust collection system for, for my own health. Um, so there's a lot of options in terms of uh, – 
bag filters and HEPA filters and micron filters, which is something that I'm going to have to reevaluate in my own shop now. Right. And that's um, something that a new com well, they're not a new company, but they're, uh, they're, their method of doing things is new. It's it's very much an emerging technology in, in, in woodworking is uh, Harvey Woodworking Products. Right. It's not as big of a company as say like Jet or Delta. And no, but uh, but I don't want to sound cliche, but they're revolutionizing woodworking. Well, they're they're adapting different technologies yeah. to woodworking. Um. So you're you're in the market for one of their machines, and suddenly I am too. <laughs> so I'm Harvey. We have no affiliation to anybody. No, we, we have no affiliation with Jet, Anida, PowerMat, anybody. Nothing. So Harvey makes a very interesting system. And so here's where the two of us benefit. And I benefit from the f power and the noise level, and you benefit from the different kinds of filtration. Yeah. So for anybody that isn't that doesn't know about Harvey, they make a different i don't even know what they're calling the system it's it's not a cyclone so it's it works a little differently and it filters in a different way so you have they call it their gyro air processor right it works differently than a cyclone i would say it has similarities maybe it, it's similar to a cyclone but it, it works on the same basic principle it spins the air that that's the same right. basic principle. It just does it in a different way, which is actually much more efficient. But uh, you know, the, this efficiency comes at a cost. And so here, before we talk about that, the thing that we should mention when we're talking about the efficiency is that a machine, the machines like the Harvey, the ones that Harvey are making, are because of the way they function, they are more efficient with a lower rating, lower lower power rating. They have more flow. Yeah. So a two horsepower Harvey, I think rivals a three horsepower jet cyclone. Oh yeah, the, this this the two horsepower Harvey will outperform my two horsepower jet cyclone any day of the week. Right. So th that is something to take into consideration when you're looking at your price point of your machine, which we'll talk about in a second, and you're looking at the size of it and how it performs. Some machines you might not have to get as high of a powered machine because it, it the system is more efficient, and so. The Harvey system has better actual – I'd say not necessarily better. Why? Well, it is better. That's a lie. It's better, a little bit better. It wouldn't be for most people unless you have a purpose for it. I don't know that any people could justify the cost. Yeah, I, I went from last week looking at the machine but not being able to justify it to now I can justify it. So I'm, I'm not looking to buy it right away, but now I can justify the purchase, and it, it is something that I'm actually considering now. Here is Here are the three things that are sh the biggest points of this of the Harvey, the G G700. 7, 8, whatever, 100. Um, the, 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 the unit that we're both interested in is the, the G700. The 700. So here are the three things, and these are huge for us. For me, it is quiet you it is much quieter than any system i have heard and you don't need to wear hearing protection because it's not much higher than ambient yeah it's um it's like in the low 60s i'm on their website right now it is um i believe i want to say 72 is what it i was. think it's 68 but that's next to it i think it's 68 to 72 give me one 
Yeah, 61 to 72. 61 to 72, and now that's right near the machine and then going away. Yeah, that, that's barely above background noise. Right. Well, that 71 or 72 is, but... Yeah, 61 is, is background noise. If you have any a longer shop or a shop like I do, you're not going to be standing right over the machine. But yeah. this is the other thing. The way the Harvey machines are designed is that they're, I would say they're more of a horizontal system than vertical so they're low and you can fit them under like a higher workbench so if you're pressed for space this is another thing that they do really Which well i am though i i've set up for a cyclone so i have space provision for a cyclone right but if i were to switch to this then i'd have extra space right it's you can put a workbench over it yeah. essentially and so if you need to really tightly manage your space this is where they come in the space the noise level and the filtration which is what i'm interested in now so why don't you talk about the filtration because i haven't looked as much into the yeah. filtration <laughs> well so so basically what happened is this morning i found out that my allergies are much worse than i had previously thought they were and i need to do something about it otherwise I, I'll, I'll have problems later on in life um like i said we're both in college so we're both young still um I believe the Harvey has a 0.3 micron HEPA filter. It's it's a lot finer than most. My my jet is a 2 micron filter, which is considered a pretty fine filter. And this is 0.3 microns. Right. So that that that's impressive and that's factory. That that's what Harvey's shipping it with. So this the way the Harvey my computer just shut off. The way the Harvey system <laughs> works they, the filters and the system being, I guess, I, I, it is really a good way to say it is it's more, it's more horizontal than vertical. Yeah. Most dust collection is a tall, narrow machine. This is low and wide. Now, that poses some differences in operating. I guess you could say it could be issues depending on how your space is, but... One of the things that the Harvey systems do is instead of having like a drum or anything just hanging or sitting underneath the machine the way a cyclone would, it you essentially open the door on the front and I, I would say it's like a cart that comes out. It's, it's a drawer is what it is. It, it's Well, I mean, it's full. It, it rides on the door on yeah. like a track yeah. and it stops and you can take the well for the 700 you can take the two bags out and dump them and so they are easier to manage and it's very easy to change it, it doesn't take any disconnecting of anything you can do it in five minutes yeah so ease of use and footprint and everything is the benefit of this machine so compared to other machines like a cyclone is going to make a lot more sense for a lot of people the other thing that's interesting about the harvey that i've never heard of before is it's variable speed it's a variable speed dust collector. yeah and that's one of the things that keeps it quiet yeah i i've never heard of a variable speed dust collector before so well, that's with the way the harvey works their system can run completely different from yeah oh absolutely and that, that's where your variable speed your low noise level this is where these yeah. things come into play and because of the efficiency of the harvey machine the lower powered machines have more flow than some of the higher powered cyclones now your biggest limiting factor here 
is the only limiting factor because I mean, it w- I would say it takes up honestly a similar footprint to a large cyclone, width wise. Yeah. The price is what's going to limit most people. Yeah, it's about. It we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about the cyclone, and the cyclones are going to be a more realistic option for the majority of people that are either hobby woodworkers or. Or even, I'd well, say industrial woodworkers are still going to go for large cyclones. I, actually, I think that, personally, I think the bag dust collectors are, are really what's most suited for a hobby woodworker. So, somebody, a more moderate to intermediate woodworker would want to consider a, uh, a cyclone, but to the average hobby well, woodworker. Well, a hobbyist is just not paid professional. Yeah, but when so I... So, you have different levels yeah, of expertise. That's and you're true. Still, like, we're still hobbyists, Yeah, that, that, that's true. So... And, and somebody that has a small shop or isn't using a lot of tools or is beginning, you're going to benefit from a bag. It's ch- a lot cheaper. It works. It you, works. You it doesn't can... filter as much, but it works, and it's simple. Yeah. And a lot of them run off one time. It's, it's a step up from a shop bag. Essentially. So then you have a cyclone, which is essentially the step from that. It performs better. They perform differently so it's a different system but takes up a similar space as a bagger system obviously if you're going larger it's going to be larger but if you had like a large bag in a large cyclone they're going to take up essentially the same footprint the they're going to be a little bit more expensive because they're more complicated not complicated they just have more parts and there's going to be you know it does filter more so it because of the way because of the cyclone is more efficient and it, the chips fall into the collection and the f- very fine particles are filtered. You're not putting as much back out into the air. Yeah. So it does perform better for some people like us that do have m- more tools or are doing more. That matters. Yeah. But for somebody that isn't doing much or they're doing it very infrequently, it makes much more sense. batteries <laughs> um essentially i don't remember where we left off we we're talking about cyclones yeah we were talking about the the advantages of cyclones over uh, over bag style dust collectors right so they're going to be a little bit more expensive but it's not much of a price jump you're going to be able to get a higher power but you'll be able to get more performance with less power yeah they're more efficient so they're and then you have a step up from that is the systems like the Harvey and different systems that are just completely like, I don't want to say proprietary, but a new technology or adapting from other industries. Those are going to be a lot more expensive. Yeah. Now the people like that are the people that are going for something like that, like you and me, you have to, it's for the size or rather shape, whatever the, the form factor. The f- it's for the form factor. Yeah. It's for the fact that it's really quiet. Yep. That it filters the most. Or that it's variable. Yeah. Which variables isn't, you know, as much of a... That... A system like the Harvey's upwards of is $3,000 and higher. Yeah. Whereas a, very a comparable expensive. dust collector would be anywhere from about 1800 to $2,300. Right. 
a so lot it's of the, significant difference. Well, it's still on sale, so it was. It usually I think it's like thirty four. Yeah, it's a, like a thousand dollar jump. Yeah, essentially, except it does outperform those in the same power class because it works. Differently. Yeah, because it's more efficient. Right. So if you're looking because of those reasons, because it has better filtration, because it is. And again, quiet. we're we're not sponsored by Harvey. <laughs> no, but th- no, this is what this is the thing. Cyclone is going to be best for most o- overall it, across it's a, the board. It's a very a, catch-all system. Cyclones are the easiest general. I don't want to say recommendation, but they're most applicable ev- across the board because you can get no that very you can get cheaper cyclone systems. Yeah, well, you can also get uh, inline cyclones. Uh, I know Anida makes a bunch of them that, that go inline with either a shop vac or a regular. Jet b- makes one as well. Oh, they do. Yeah, okay. A bunch of companies make them. So yeah, you they can do that as well. They go inline with either a shop vac or a uh, regular bag style dust collector. Right. And so if you have a system with enough flow, you can, there are cyclones. So they have the cone and the, the, the drum that can, that are just like a, a extra unit before the dust collector. But of course, that's going to take a lot of flow because bag systems usually have the least out of anything. Yeah. So you'd have to have a very high-powered system at that point. It doesn't necessarily make sense unless you have a restriction on either what you can change or anything like that. So unless you're using a shop bag or something like that or you don't need the extra performance. You need the extra filtration. You need the filtration. Yeah. So baggers are the cheapest. Yep. And on it, I guess – they're not necessarily easiest because you do have to dump the bags and everything, but they're the simplest. Yep. Cyclones are a little bit more expensive, but they are – they do perform much better than the baggers. And they're generally for a higher-performing cyclone, it's going to be a little bit more expensive. And it, it's out of a lot of people's price range, yeah. to be honest. But if it's in your price range, it makes sense to get that over a bagger. And anything above that, you have to have a – honestly, you have to have a reason. Either it's a shop that needs a special system for a certain reason, for a certain use case, or like us looking at the Harvey because either filtration requirement or noise requirement or anything like that. Yep. You have to have kind of a reason to justify that $1,000. It's kind of honestly – the leap from Cyclone to those other systems like the Harvey is the biggest at the $1,000. Yeah. $1, um, it's a lot more, but if you have the if you had the need for those features, it's completely worth it. I would say it's not an overpriced machine. It's certainly not overpriced. No. For it, what it, it is, but you have to have a use for it to be able to justify something like that because for normal people, a Cyclone is going to operate just fine. Yeah. But if you have the need for the filtration or the noise level or both, that system is completely worth it. it it's it's going to be – or other systems like that. Now, we've only looked at Harvey as our alternatives to Cyclones, but there are others. There's a few others that are – what do you want to – a few others that are smaller production, yeah, more limited or, or more merging. But Jet – Oneida, Powermatic, Delta, Harvey, those are going to be, you know, some of your main brands. Yeah. And the, the they're also your main brands for just woodworking products in general. Right. A lot of the things you see will be those a, a lot of the things that you see in woodworking are Jet, Powermatic or Delta. Yeah, that's the uh, 
for the big three. Anaya does dust collection. Yeah, that's all they they do exclusively dust collection. And Harvey does dust collection and a few other things in a smaller level. Yeah, you're gonna see like woodpecker, woodpeckers. They're, uh, they're mostly hand tools. Right. No, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. But yeah. in terms of when you're looking at your shop tools, whether powered or not, yeah, these are gonna be these are gonna be your powered. These are gonna be brands that you're gonna see a lot of, and yeah. that's because they've been producing these machines for a long time. And they have well, Powermatic is rounding a hundred years soon. I think nineteen twenty three. I think is when and they then started. Powermatic bought, um, or was it Jet that Jet bought Powermatic? Jet bought Powermatic. Yeah, but it's still, you know, that's how mergers and things go. But these are going to be your most viewed options. There are a few others. If you're looking for desk collection, obviously, you got to do your own research. You got to decide what your priorities are. But depending on your price point, that's going to your you know your price range. That's going to dictate which system you're going to want to focus on in terms of your research. So we're going to talk more about other tools, especially SawStop is going to be. Slight correction: Powermatic was founded in 1928, not 1928. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about SawStop. I guess that's going to be – this is this episode is September. Sawstop is going to be in October. Yeah. We might actually end up putting that as our end-of-month topic, so our fourth week of each month is going to be kind of topics that don't fit in the others or things that we want to talk more about. So yeah. in this case, that might end up being our end-of-September topic because, you know, deciding on tools like that are big purchases, and there's something you don't – it's a purchase you do a lot of research on. You make your purchase, and you end up with a tool that you're going to stay with. Yeah. So we've both done that. <laughs> and uh, there, there, there was a lot of hemming and hawing before I, I bought my saw stop. I did a lot of research about it and then wasn't going to buy one and then ended up just buying one. Yeah. I was going to buy a bandsaw, then all the material delays and things delayed it like nine months or something, and I ended up going out and buying a saw stop. Now, that's not just – shooting from the hip that i had already done all the research for that and i just wasn't planning on buying one at that point but that's kind of how it went yeah my my purchase experience was a little different because i i actually ordered mine from the factory with a bunch of different options things like that are going to be some of the most common things that people are going to use dust collection on yeah table saw miter saw band saw planer those are going to be like your probably most common things across the board but a lot you know the table saw and the miter saw take a lot yeah. Nobody makes an efficient system for either, except for Pest Tool, which makes a different kind of system for theirs, which we'll talk that, about. That's another topic day. altogether, yeah. But that's another thing where their system is, I guess, proprietary, and if you have to get their things for it to work together. Yeah. But across the board, with some exceptions, table saws and miter saws are the worst for dust collection. And usually you just have to have more power than you think. Yeah. But when you're design, when you're well, and planers design, too. Planer, planers are, are pretty bad too. Right. I mean, when you're a lot of people don't put dust collection in planers, like portable ones. Well, portable planers. Right. Uh, but, but well, a lot of people start out with portable planers. Yeah. Well, a lot of the portable planers have actually a, a built-in fan, so you can usually just put like one of those filter bags over the outlet. Right. But well, I, when I you're have talking about a freestanding one. Yeah, that's, that, different. that's what I've got. I've got a 15-inch planer, and that that thing, you know, produces pencil-sized chips. Yeah, I need to. 
I, I'm going to be looking into getting one as well. But we're going to be, as the as we go through different months and, and our, our different rotations, we will be talking a lot about woodworking to begin with. We're going to be talking about a lot of fabrication over time and, and between that and woodworking. But yeah. we both do a lot of woodworking. I do some fabrication, but it's it's mainly woodworking i do some fabrication for work i don't do it for i don't do it for myself but i i end up having to fabricate some stuff for work right (laughs) even though i am by no means a fabricator we both have had to do a lot of research into these things just for our own purchases so hopefully what we can share can kind of help somebody research what things matter most to you yeah. in, in terms of any tool, but in terms of dust collection, find out kind of what your priorities are, find out what your power limitations are of these things and what, yeah. and your tools that you are collecting from make just as big of a decision. There are a lot of forums where there's a lot of people that have a lot of experience that will, dis- that have discussed and will discuss. Don't do things. what I did when I bought my planer. I bought a 220 planer before I had 220 service in my shop. That's another thing. I had plans to put I, – I had already had plans to put in 220 service, and I actually ended up having the service put in before the planer even arrived. But don't do that. Yeah, if – You never know what's going to happen. You could run into a situation where you actually can't put in 220 service, or it, it, you get delayed, and now you have this machine taking up space that you can't use. So – don't do what I did. That the two, the, the issue with two twenty is a big issue actually because a lot of people were like, oh, I'll put two twenty and they order it and they're like, I'm gonna do it and then they order it and then they can't do two twenty or they start to do it and then something happens and they can't. Yeah. Don't order a two twenty machine if you have not already taken care of two twenty. Yeah. Because you should be setting that up before anyway. Unless. It's like a new building, and you want to get your spacing and everything out, and you're running like surface conduit. That's different. Y- you've already got a plan. Yeah, but well, that, that that's completely, that's, a co- that's yeah, completely different. Yeah. If you are in your garage, anything like that, you have to run 220 in some an existing space. Do not buy a machine that's 220 before you put 220 in. Yeah. A lot of machines can go from 110 to 220, but they can't go from 220 to 110. Yes. Um. Yeah, that's the other thing is a lot of machines can be converted from 110 to 220, uh, but most 220 machines actually can't be done backwards. Usually another two, usually a 220 machine can be converted to 440. Right. If it's, you're, it, you're usually stepping up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the higher your voltage gets, the lower your current draw. So if you're in a situation like me where I'm limited in my amperage service, obviously 200 amps is more than anything I need. But if you want to minimize your amperage draw of anything especially dust collection which is like a big draw yeah because it's also the you know you have your table saw and your planer aren't generally going to be running at the same time your table saw and your bandsaw aren't generally going to be running at the same time but your dust collector will oftentimes be running in the background so you need to take that into consideration when you're uh when you're figuring out your electric load and just power consumption yeah that too but that's, but, uh, that's definitely one of the biggest things. And I think the takeaway from this is that there are systems at every price point. You have to you have to prioritize what you need, what you're what you want, what you need, and what you can fit in your price range and what you can fit in your space. Yeah. What you can power, the, those are the things that you need to prioritize. And you, know, it's, it's, you can splurge if you want, but... Well, this goes back to what I was saying about just making an informed 
purchase. Right. And if you're if you have the means and you just want to have a overpowered dust collector, go for it. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. I mean, you'll have issues if there's underpowered, but if you know that and that's just your limitation, that's perfectly fine. But generally, if you have the means, it doesn't necessarily hurt to go a little overpowered because it leaves you space for expansion. Yeah. So unless you're like us where most of our system is you're not going to change you're not going to be adding much more change you'll change but it's going to be a give and take situation where you're pretty much maxed out on in your space what things you're going to be pulling how many things you're going to be collecting from because you're not going to have duplicates of a lot of machines yeah a lot of tools takeaway is make an informed purchase hopefully this kind of this gave some people a idea of where they should start in their research and don't overextend don't you know overextend yourself if you think oh well this is a little out of my price range but i really need that just wait yeah it's not worth overspending on something that you could live without a little longer yeah but those are you know all things that you have to you have to take in your decision. So hopefully this helped some people decide. Hopefully this gave some information. So that's going to be all for this week. Next week is going to be a race recap. Yep. Next uh, episode. We are going to go through rotation for each month. So first week of the month, second, third, fourth, we'll have different topics. So first is going to be kind of our STEM topics and our uh, different engineering things in general, concepts, all of that kind of breakdown. Second week of the month is going to be our woodworking and fabrication. For the foreseeable future, we're going to be focusing on woodworking. Yeah. But we will be... We'll, we'll branch off into fabrication at some we point. we got a couple core topics we want to talk about here in woodworking, and then yeah. we're going to kind of alternate or, you know, switch off. Yeah. Third week of the month is going to be our F1 series. We're going to be doing... We were originally going to do a three-part series, but I think we might do more. It just kind of depends on... I, I think it'll... I think it'll slowly become more of a permanent installation. Right, and that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. I you know we might end up doing a longer series. Right now it's a four-part series that we're planning. Yeah. We will most likely end up doing more. And yeah. so the third week of the month is either going to be that series a race recap or both. Yep. And so it depends what the week is going to be. And then the fourth week is going to be our our wild card week. Yeah. <laughs> So if if there's only certain topics you want to tune in for, that's when you should tune in. So hopefully that kind of helps people so they know what's going on. But next week, race recap. So look forward to that. And we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening.